Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. All right. You got any guts? Do you got any guts? Do you have the courage to put away every movie that you've seen, every TV show that you've watched, every magazine you've read, every book you've read, every art depiction you've seen, every art gallery that you've gone to that talks about Jesus? Do you have the courage, do you have the guts to put it all away, to put it all aside and only look at the Word of God? The Word of God lasts forever. Jesus said the Word of God cannot be broken, that it is truth that it'll last forever. Do you have the courage to believe that? Do you have the courage to believe that? Father, I ask that you open our hearts, that you open our eyes, that we can see, that you open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend to the things which are spoken. If you will listen to the words that I have today, it'll change the way you look at Jesus absolutely change and you will have a deeper relationship with him because it says that we may know him the meaning with that we may know him and the power of his resurrection if you will turn with me to Hebrews 2 I'm going to set up some scriptures but we're going to look at a certain situation that Jesus was in but we're going to set it up first Hebrews 2, verse 16. This is talking about Jesus, the writer of Hebrews. We don't know exactly who it is, but he's talking about Jesus here. He said, Verily, he, Jesus, took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Jesus did not become an angel. He became a man. Abraham was a man. He said, Wherefore in all things... Do you see that little word all? A-L-L, all. There are no exclusions with all. It says, for verily he took on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him. He thought it necessary to be made like unto his brethren. Who are his brethren? We are. We are like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful, a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Why did he take on the seed of Abraham? Why did he become a man like us? That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God and you, and you. He said, to, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. Do you believe that verse? That is the word of God. Do you believe that verse? For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, do you believe that Jesus was tempted? Do you believe that the word of God is truth? Well, the word of God right here says that Jesus was tempted. He was tempted. Now, turn with me to James 1. I want you to see something. James 1 verse 13. 
Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. God cannot be tempted with evil. But what do we have back here in Hebrews 4? He was tempted. What does that tell us? He wasn't God. At that point, he wasn't God. God can't be tempted. Why? God's pure. There's no sin in pure. I mean, the, he had no sin in him. God doesn't have sin. He can't tempt God. He's perfect. Amen. But Jesus was tempted. Jesus was a man. Now, go with me to Hebrews 4, verse 15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. You know what that word infirmities is? It means corrupt desires. Corrupt desires. You got any corrupt desires? It says, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with our infirmities, our corrupt desires. But, there it is again, that word but. But was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Do you see that? Tempted in all points. Have you ever been tempted? You know, like I said before, you can't tempt me with fried frog legs. Long story, but you can't tempt me with fried frog legs. You can take a plate of fresh fried frog legs and put them in front of me, and I'll just stare at you. Amen. You can't tempt me to want some. But Jesus was tempted. He was tempted. Why was he tempted? Because in his soul, as a man like us, he had corrupt desires. Now, there are some things you can tempt me with. Amen. Jesus was able to be tempted because he had corrupt desires in his soul. Do you believe that? Do you have the courage to believe that your Savior, your Messiah, was just like you and he had corrupt desires that he had to deal with? He was tempted in all points, yet, yet, he never sinned. He never sinned. Why? Because God in, in Isaiah 42 said, Behold my servant whom I uphold. You know, he'll do the same for you if you will listen. But Jesus was tempted, but he never yielded to the temptation. But he was tempted with everything that you've been tempted with. Have you been tempted with some immoral things? So was Jesus. Have you been tempted with some illegal things? So was Jesus. Amen. Have you been tempted with some fattening things? So was Jesus. He was tempted in all points like we were. Why? So he could be a merciful and faithful high priest. You can go to him and he's going to be able to say, I know what that feels like. I know what that feels like. All right, we've got that. Now, let's go to Philippians 2. Remember, put away all the movies. Put away all the books. We are just going to look at the Word of God. We are going to have the courage to believe what the Word of God says. Now, in Philippians 2, verse 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. This was in Christ Jesus. Ever wondered what he was like inside, what he thought? We're going to find out right here. 
It says, who? Being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Jesus at one point was a God. John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and he was with God. So there's two gods. He was God, and he was with God. It's not hard, folks. Ask a third grader. That means there's two, two gods. Jesus was God. Now we go back to here. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but, 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 he was God, but, but made himself of no reputation. If you look that up, if you study that out, if you look those words up, it means emptied himself. Emptied himself of what? Of all his godly ability. He laid down being able to be everywhere at once. He laid down being able to know everything at once. He laid down being able to, um, to listen to everything at once. He laid it all down. He laid it all down. He laid down his creative power. It says he was the one that created the world, but he laid it down. Now he can't do anything. Now he becomes a man like you and I. Made himself of no reputation. Emptied himself. Took upon him the form of a servant. Not a mighty man. Not a king. Not a lord. Not a mighty warrior. He took on him the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion. Being found as a man. Look at these next words. Being found as a man. He became a man like you and I to be a merciful and faithful high priest. He became a man like you and I. Became obedient. Became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. This God that became a man had to become obedient. Had to become obedient. Why? He's our example. He's going to show us how to do it. He shows us how to do it. He had a man. He had a soul that had corrupt desires. He was tempted, and he was tempted not to be obedient. But he became obedient even to the death of the cross. Now, let's go to, we're going to go to John 12. We've set that up. Actually, let's go to Hebrews 5. We're going to look at one verse here, verse 7. This is talking about Jesus again. Who, in the days of his flesh, when he was a man like us, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him who was able to save him from death and was heard and that he feared. Verse 8, though he were a son, though he were a son of God, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Jesus suffered with temptation. Have you ever suffered with temptation? Have you ever suffered whatever you have been tempted with? Yes, whatever you have been tempted with. The Hebrew says all, all. He was tempted in all points, yet without sin. Now, let's go to John 12, verse 27. This is Jesus speaking. How do we know? Because it's in red in my Bible. 
And Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he's talking about going to the cross. And look at what this man said. This man that was tempted, that has a soul with corrupt desires. He says, now is my soul troubled. My soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I and to this hour. What is Jesus saying here? He doesn't want to go to the cross. He said, I'm troubled. I am troubled. I don't want to go, but this is the very reason I came. Jesus had a job to do. He had to deliver to the Father a sacrifice for you and I. He had a job, and his job was to deliver a sacrifice, a holy, untouched, unsinful sacrifice to the Father for you and I that our sins might be taken away from us. And that sacrifice was himself. That was his job. He had to get himself to the cross for us. Now, there was a moment in history. There was a moment in the life of all mankind. There was a moment in history, only second to the crucifixion, that was very, very important where all humanity hung in the balance. There was a moment in history when all humanity was hung in the balance and it was all resting on one man and it wasn't the crucifixion at this point. Amen. We are going to look at it. We are going to look at that moment. I want you to look at it. I want you to follow with me in the words of the Bible. I don't want you to just hear me. I want you to see the words. I want you to believe, have the courage and the guts to believe what the Word of God says. Hallelujah. Now, go with me to Luke 22. Jesus has had the last supper with his disciples. Verse 39. And he came out and he went as he went to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said to them, Pray that you enter not into temptation. And he was overdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed. Notice what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, Pray that you enter not into temptation. Don't enter into the temptation. Pray. And what does Jesus do in the next sentence? He prays. What does that mean? Jesus is being tempted. Right now, Jesus is being tempted. He just told his disciples, go pray so you're not tempted. I'm going to go pray because I'm tempted. He says, he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, Father, if thou be willing, Remove this cup from me. Amen. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And notice what happens here. An angel, and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Strengthening him. He just said to the Father, if you be willing, Father, if you be willing, take this cup away from me. I don't want to go to the cross. Amen. Keep reading. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven and strengthening him. Why? Because he had a job. He had a sacrifice. He had to get to the cross. He can't die in the garden. He has to get to the cross. 
He has to deliver that sacrifice. And that sacrifice was himself. Now, it says, and being in agony, being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was, it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He was in tremendous stress. He was in agony. Why? Why was Jesus in agony in the garden? Turn with me to Mark 14. Verse 32. And they, the disciples and Jesus, came to a place in which is called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit you here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John and began to be sore amazed. Sore amazed and to be very heavy. You know what sore amazed means? It means to be struck with terror. To be struck with terror. Jesus was in terror. He was struck with terror. We just read where he was in agony. Why? There was a war going on. There was a war going on. And it was in the flesh of Jesus. He did not want to go to the cross. His desire was not to go to the cross. His fleshly desire, his corrupt desire, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go to the cross. You know why? Because the man could read. Amen. The man could read what he was going into. In Isaiah 52, it says, Lord, more than any man. Jesus could read. He knew what was going to happen to him. He knew what the soldiers were going to do to him. He knew what your sin was going to do to him. He knew what it was going to feel like. He was going to be tortured. Amen. Tortured. He knew he could read, and his soul didn't want to go. And there was a war. Have you ever been in a war with yourself? Have you ever been tempted and it's a war? Well, Jesus is in one right now. This is a moment in history where all humanity hung in the balance. If this man, 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 not God, if this man yields to his flesh and he doesn't go to the cross, you and I are destroyed. You and I are going to hell. You and I have no hope. Our hope laid on a man praying in a garden, fighting with his flesh, fighting the temptation not to go to the cross. That's why God sent an angel. The man needed some help. You know what? God will send one to you if you need some help. This is Jesus, the man, and he's in a desperate situation. His flesh doesn't want to go to the cross. And you know what? Nobody's touching him at this point. Nobody's touching him at this point. God knows he's in a war, and God's not letting anybody near him until he gets ready to take himself to the cross. Let's keep reading. Taketh with him Peter, James, and John, began to be sore amazed, struck with terror. He knows what's coming, and to be very heavy. And he says unto them, My soul, my soul, my soul, not my spirit, my soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death, unto death while I shall pray. 
You know, that means that he was so overcome with sorrow as to die. Jesus' flesh wanted to die in the garden. That flesh, his soul wanted to die in the garden. Why? Because he didn't want to go to the cross. He didn't want to go to the cross. He knew what the cross had. He knew what was going to happen to him. His soul wanted to die in the garden. Guess what? It can't die in the garden. His soul can't die in the garden. Jesus has a job and he has to deliver a sacrifice to the cross. And that sacrifice was himself. He had to deliver that sacrifice to the cross. And he is fighting in the garden. His soul wants to die there. So he doesn't have to go through the cross. But what does Jesus do? What does the spirit of Jesus do? What does the spirit that is in you, if you are born again, do? Let's keep reading. And he goes forward a little while and he falls on his face and he prays. If it were possible that the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Your life, your eternal life is hanging in the balance with this one man in the garden, alone, praying to the Father, fighting to get his flesh in line. That's why he's a merciful and faithful high priest. He knows how it feels. And he says, if it be possible from thee, take this cup away from me. And then that beautiful word, that beautiful word in the middle of this word, nevertheless, Nevertheless, do you hear his spirit coming out now? Do you hear his spirit starting to take control? Do you hear his faith rising? Do you hear his faith rising? Nevertheless, nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. Nevertheless, not what I will, what thou wilt. You know, he asking the father, he said, will you take this away from me? Nevertheless, what, not what I will, but what you will. What was the will of the Father? We're going to find out. He said, then uh, he cometh and he findeth them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Peter, his right-hand man, Simon, sleepest thou? Could not thou watch one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready. The spirit's ready. He just proved that nevertheless. But the flesh is weak. He was dealing with his flesh. He was dealing with his flesh. He is a merciful and faithful high priest. He knows your feelings. He knows your feelings. And he said, and he went away and he prayed and spoke the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither was they to answer him. And he cometh the third time and said unto them, now he's prayed through it. Now he's prayed through it. As we saw in Luke, he, was, he prayed until he had great drops of blood, as if great drops of blood, sweat, fighting, in stress, trying to get his spirit over his soul. And he goes to the point where he says, nevertheless, nevertheless, not what I will, but I'll do what you want. And what did the father want? What was the father's desire? Go to the cross. You got to go to the cross, Jesus. You got to go to the cross. You have to finish the job that you came to do, and you have to go to the cross. 
whole humanity is hanging in the balance and Jesus decides to obey the Father and he says, I'll go. I'm ready to go. I have prayed it through. Do you realize Jesus had to pray through his own resurrection? He had to pray through to get his flesh ready to go to the cross. And you realize the love of God. Nobody came near him. The soldiers didn't come. Judas didn't come. Nobody came near him until he was ready. Until he was ready. You know what? He will do the same thing for you. He will do the same thing for you. If you will hang on to that Jesus that's in you, that's been through the garden, he will do the same for you. All right, let's go back. And he cometh the third time, said unto them, sleep on, now take your rest. It's enough. It's enough. I've prayed it through. I'm ready to go. The hour's come. Now he's prayed through it. Now his flesh has been put down. Now that temptation has been overcome. It's been overcome. Nevertheless, Father, let's go. I'm ready to go to the cross for them. And he says, behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up. Let's go. See what he says to his disciples? Let's go. Let's go. I'm ready to go to the cross for them. I'm ready to die for them. I'm ready to have every bone out of joint for them. I'm ready to take on all their sin for them. I'm ready to take on all their sickness for them. I'm ready to take their disease for them. I'm ready to die in their poverty for them. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. And what happens? Rise up, let's go. Behold, he that betrayeth me is at hand. And look at this next sentence. And immediately, and immediately, immediately while Jesus yet spoke, I'm ready. Immediately, who shows up? Judas. Now, he's going to the cross. This is the man that died in your place. This is the man that let every bone out of joint for you. This is the man that carried your diseases, your sicknesses, your pains for you. This is the man that laid down his soul for you. He knows what it feels like to be tempted, and he overcame it every time, every time. And if you have that spirit in you, and you yield to that spirit, you believe that spirit, you follow that spirit, you will overcome every time. But if you don't have that spirit, you need it. You need it. You desperately need it at this hour. How do you get the spirit of Jesus in you? Jesus said you must be born again. Jesus said that. Jesus said that in the Bible. You must be born again. How are you born again? It says in Romans that if you call on the name of the Lord, if you tell him to be Lord of your life, if you believe that he was raised from the dead for you, for you, he didn't need to be raised again for himself. He was raised again for you. And when you believe that he was raised from the dead and you call on that name, just call on the name of Jesus. 
Call on the name of Jesus. He said, whosoever shall call on me shall be delivered. He will come, and he will come into you. He will be born into you, and his spirit will come into you, lead you, guide you, make you victorious in every temptation like he was. And he will be part of you, and you will walk in victory just like he did. Let's call on that name. Jesus, 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 Jesus. God bless. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.